0: Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Living Hope. Uh, those of us here in the room, those of you joining us online, we're glad that you're with us. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long time. The Lord be with you. And be with you. Thank you. We believe that's true, that the Lord is with us. I mean, especially this time of year as we're right on the edge of Christmas, uh, celebrating that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us here, now, today, uh, whatever we're going through. So let's bow our heads and talk to him as we begin. Thank you, God, for inviting us to to meet with you today, for inviting us to hear your voice speaking words of encouragement, words of hope, words of love. Um, God, I pray you'd help us to be open to you, that our hearts would be open, our minds would be open, uh, both to you and to each other. Thank you, God, for the amazing love you have shown to us. Thank you that we get to celebrate the gift of love that you've given us in Jesus Christ each and every week, and especially at this time of year. We are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, if you're interested and able, let's stand and let's sing as we begin.
1: What She sing Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod about that time some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking where is the newborn king of the Jews we saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him i Till the Son of God appear Rejoice, rejoice Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel Disperse the gloomy clouds of night Can death's dark shadow put to fly.
2: reading from 1 John chapter 4 God showed how much he loves us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him this is real love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins dear friends since God loved us that much we surely ought to love each other no one has ever seen God but if we love each other God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Pray with me, would you? Father, we do thank you for this extravagant love that you lavished on us when you sent us your son, when you sent him as a child, as a baby, a newborn, Lord, anticipating that he would grow into the man that you had intended for him to be on this earth. And that in obedience, he would go to the cross for us, Lord, so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be saved, so that we could have this relationship with you that's not possible otherwise. Father, how great your love is for us. Father, we thank you this morning for gathering us here together, for each person who is here in the room with us or who's joining us online now or a little bit later. May this morning's message of love be one that reaches deep into our hearts. I know it's easy to not feel loved sometimes, Lord. It's easy to not feel loved a lot of times. But Lord, may we be mindful of the love that you have for us today, mindful of your great sacrifice that you made out of your love for us. I pray that each person here, as they've brought burdens, as they've brought victories, as they've brought just life in with them, Lord. That they will have the, 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 this moment to lay all of that down. That they would have this time to just be in your presence this morning, Lord. As we hear from Pastor Rich the word that you've given him for today. As we hear your word, may we know the love of God in a new way this morning, Lord. We thank you for each of your blessings, we thank you that you have carried our burdens. We thank you, Lord, that you have are walking and have walked with us through this life and will do so into the next and for all eternity. And for all these things, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you. Take a few moments and pass the peace amongst yourselves, if you would.
0: And if you didn't grab one already, I hope you get one of these little uh, bulletin things off the table back there, because that's going to have some uh, some stuff you want to know for this week and for this morning. It's got the scriptures in it, and uh, if you... Um if you're watching us online, I really hope that you'll go to one of the links that's on the screen, uh, livinghope.info slash connect, and uh, let us know that you're with us and how we can pray for you, thank God with you, ask any question that you might have. Uh, I always love to, to hear from you, especially those of you online, because I don't get a chance to catch up with you like I just did with some of you. You know, sometimes you guys go ahead and mention to me as we're chatting before or after or during the service about uh, what's going on, how we can pray for you, and uh, I don't get to do that with those of you who are online. So yeah, let us know that you're with us. And how we can pray for you, how we can uh, support you, especially as we go through the the holiday season, which can be kind of of challenging. Um, So, yeah. Um, And then also you can give online as well. Or if you're here in the room, obviously you can just grab one of those little green cards back there and jot your note on it. And uh, give us your contact info so that I can follow up with this week and drop it in the box. And if you're giving today, you can drop that in there as well. Uh, you can still give to the Habitat Fund through the end of the year uh, for the, the building that we're building with Habitat of Porter County. And uh, that gift will get multiplied four times because of some generous matching donors. And so we'd love to have you uh, help with that. And you can still help build it. We won't have, like, a group day with folks from Living Hope. But uh, if you go to livinghope.info slash habitat, there's a link there to the Porter County Habitat website where you can just click a link and tell them hey i'd like to come some saturday and uh, that way they'll be ready for you and you can help build the house it's right here in valparaiso and it's a lot of fun Um, also uh, this month you can grab one of those little ornaments off the tree i can see right out there uh, the warm a home tree to make a gift to first contact that's for all of our neighbors who maybe they're not a part of our church or maybe not any church uh, they work with the trustee and with a whole bunch of churches to try to funnel resources into one place so they don't have to go hunt down 20 different churches and call a bunch of them. Uh, you know, I get calls here from time to time from people who are looking for help. And um, and sometimes they have to leave a message. And when I call them back, uh, you know, oftentimes they're like, oh, I'm so, thank you for calling back. I've called, you know, 20 churches and you're the first one that's called back because people are busy, right? And uh, they don't often get called back all the time. So First contact trying to make sure they can just go to one place and get help. So if you want to help uh, funnel some resources toward neighbors in need, you can grab one of those ornaments, put a check in it, mail it to them. Or you can drop a gift in here and just write uh, warm a home or first contact or good neighbor or any of those. We'll, we'll make sure it goes to them because online, if you're giving online, it's the good neighbor fund uh, that you can give to throughout the year. Some of you just set it up as a regular thing. Every month you have automatically, you're giving something to the the church, to the general fund, and you have something going. Some of you give something to the building fund regularly. Some of you could just give to the good neighbor fund. Um, And some of you do. So just make it a part of your regular routine. And then we pass that all along along to first contact. And then this week um, is going to be a little different because Saturday is Christmas Eve. So we're going to be right here Saturday night at five o'clock for our candlelight Christmas Eve service. Um, I I really enjoy doing that every year. We get to hear... um, even more Christmas carols than we sang this morning. And uh, and we get to light the candles, and we get to celebrate communion together, hear the Christmas story. And uh, it's the one evening service we have all year. We don't really do a lot of evening services here. Uh, so if you want to be here in the dark, uh, you can be here Saturday at 5 o'clock, and we'll light a whole bunch of candles uh, to help... Um, kind of brighten the place with the light of Christ. Uh, And if you want to make Christmas cookies for that, uh, we would love to have you uh, make us some Christmas cookies and you could drop them off uh, sometime this week. Uh, Just let us know like, hey, I want to make some cookies. When can I drop them off? And we'll coordinate a time where somebody will be here and you can drop by with them. And uh, that way we can package them all up for the Christmas Eve service. And when we leave here, we take those cookies to people who, you know, need cookies. Uh, People who maybe need a little Christmas cheer. People who uh, maybe you've got a neighbor that you know is just on their own and They don't have anybody around them uh, this holiday season, or you know somebody that's having to work over the holiday until so they're missing family uh, because of it. Um, or, you know, especially folks who don't already aren't maybe not already surrounded by a church community or people who care about them and love them, and that gives you a chance to uh, just extend the grace of Christ, the love of Christ, a little bit there through uh, through donating some Christmas cookies. So, if you'd like to do that, uh, let us know. All right, we um, I think that's it for. What's that? Oh yeah, and New Year's Day too, sorry. So Christmas, Christmas morning, I forgot. So Christmas Eve at five o'clock. Christmas Day, we're just gonna have one service. So next week, if you show up at nine o'clock, no service happening, all right? Uh, the musicians might just be warming up or something. We're just gonna have one 10.30 service on Christmas Day uh, because we figure you might still be opening presents or doing something like that, all right? And, uh, and then New Year's Day, we're going to do the same thing. New Year's Day as well, just one service at 10.30, and then January 8th, we'll go back to our usual 9 and 10.30. So it's going to be an adjustment for you 9 o'clockers. I know. It'll be an adjustment for all of us. Uh, but that way, you'll, you'll get to maybe interact with some folks that are here at 10.30 and uh, get to see some of them that you haven't seen in a while. So, so the next two Sundays, there's just one service on Sunday morning at 10.30, all right? Everybody's going to remember that? I hope. If not, you're just here really early and you can hang out for an hour and a half, I guess, if you want to. but uh, Or you can leave and go get coffee. and come. Well, no, it'll be Christmas morning. Probably no place will be open. So anyway, Christmas morning, one service at 1030. Same thing for New Year's Day. All right, we've got uh, one more of the colorful candles to light this morning. We've, we've already lit candles for peace and, and hope and joy. And uh, Christmas Eve, we'll be lighting the Christ candle in the middle. But uh, I've asked Linda, come on up, Linda. I've asked Linda to lead us in our our responsive reading today, and to light this this fourth candle for love.
3: Okay, um, <clears throat> okay. Sometimes we forget that the uh, incarnate God took on all that it means to be human. The love of God has, has come, come for us, whatever we are. Jesus didn't flee from complicated feelings or situations. Instead, he entered into them. He doesn't flee from us either. He seeks to embrace us in the midst of our messiness. We are the beloved of God no matter what. The story of Christmas reminds us that there is no distance that God wouldn't travel to be with us. The love of God seeks us out where we are. God desires to be with us. Because we are loved, we are reminded to love the people of the world. Just as Christ loved us in the midst of our mess, we are to love others where they are. May we love others where they are, just as we have been loved. Today we light the fourth Advent candle, the candle of love. Love is at the heart of the Christmas story. Love motivates God to give up heaven for humanity, to become Emmanuel, God with us. Love draws God near to us even now, even in the midst of our mess. Love motivates us to care for the world around us. We are the beloved of God, and we are called to be a community of love towards those around us. We are loved by God in the midst of our mess, and we are to be a community of love to the world around us. God of love, we sometimes forget that you are to earth for us, or you came to earth for us. We sanitize the image of your coming and we feel like we aren't worthy of the love of God. But you didn't shy away from messy circumstances, instead, you entered right into the middle of them. Remind us that there is no distance you wouldn't go because of your great love for us. Then give us your heart of love for the world around us, that they may know they are loved by you too. Amen.
0: <laughs> well, sometimes that's that's all we've got. Is a, it's barely there, but it's there. Um yeah, well, that was a great intro to this morning's message, actually, as it turns out. Cause we are talking about love today, and if you've got your notes there, you can see the, the scriptures that we're going to look at, um, and they'll be on the screen as well. Um, but I, sometimes we do, as, as we just read, sometimes we do sanitize the image of Christmas, right? Uh, our Christmas cards, our nativity scenes, the, even the carols we sing, they're all, they're all pretty, right? They all look good, and we forget the mess that Jesus walked into when he entered into our our world when he became one of us Uh, love doesn't keep its distance right Uh, love has to get close uh, or it's not it's not love love is messy Uh, some of you know this from just personal experience you love someone who has gotten themselves into a mess perhaps right and it's you, you you love them you care deeply about them and love kind of pulls you into their mess Right? You you can't keep your distance from them because you love them because you want to help them. And yes, sometimes I'm thinking about some of you parents who have uh, grown children who have gotten themselves into all kinds of different trouble. Uh, Sometimes you have to have boundaries. You know, where you say I can't keep rescuing you. You've got to you've got to deal with the consequences of your choices, and that's that's part of love as well, helping them to grow and to mature through that. But still, there's this part of you that is you know you love them. You're connected to them. You cannot remove yourselves entirely from their mess you can't stay clean and distant from them because you love them Uh, sometimes love causes a mess you know just be easier not to care right but but love pulls us into situations that that can become messy and that's what happens with Jesus when he shows up on the scene we've got today from uh, from Matthew's gospel chapter one Uh, this starts about halfway through the chapter Uh, before this is a big long genealogy Uh, the the family tree that uh, it's not much of a tree, it's more just like a line right Um, that Matthew starts off with saying that Jesus is descended from from Abraham and through King David and gets all the way down to, to Joseph and Mary and Jesus and after he's given their little family history he says this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You know, because she's pregnant. And the law at the time would have said, uh-oh, she's violated their, their marriage vows. They haven't taken the marriage vows yet. It's like a, what do they call it, betrothal? Uh, it's, like, it's like a more serious engagement. It's like a contract. You know, they've already agreed these two are going to be married. And now it appears she has broken that contract. And, uh, and so what the law calls for is for her to be stoned, which is a pretty, seems pretty severe to us today, I know. But at the very least, Joseph, Joseph cares about her, he loves her, he doesn't want to see her harmed, he doesn't want to see her exposed to public disgrace, so he's gonna divorce her quietly. These were serious enough, these engagements, these betrothals, that it required a divorce, it required a, a breaking of the contract. But after he'd considered this, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This was a, uh, to say the least, a messy family situation, right? Um, I, I don't know what would happen um, in, in most relationships if a couple that's together and engaged uh, and headed toward marriage, if suddenly... She turns up pregnant, and he knows it's not his, right? Like, what, what happens there? You know, now, this was a couple thousand years ago. Uh, these days, we are a whole lot more open to, you know, pregnancies outside of marriage. Uh, they were not nearly so open in that time. Their culture was pretty much completely closed to the idea, especially when there's already uh, a marriage that's supposed to happen. Uh, they've already entered into this agreement And there's all kinds of patriarchal overtones and stuff like that that are involved. It's true, Um, but this is a serious problem, which is why God steps in with this messenger, knowing that Joseph is a person much like Mary who wants to do the right thing. Yeah, we see that in Luke's gospel where we see uh, an angel coming to Mary and talking with her about what's going to happen to her. Matthew gives us Joseph's kind of side of the story. And uh, because God knows who Joseph is, he knows, I, I, just need to, I just need to tell him. And he does. And Joseph does the right thing. He, uh, Matthew, as he's telling the story, reaches back and, and quotes Isaiah. Uh, and I gave you a little footnote here. I don't have it on the screen. But Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 is where he's quoting there that says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel. Um, in, in Isaiah's day, you know, hundreds of years before Jesus, the people of Israel were going through, a, they were in a mess of their own, right? A mess of their own making, as they had been disobedient to God, and God was allowing their enemies to, uh, to conquer them, to threaten them. And the people of Israel are worried. And God sends Isaiah to the people, to the king, to say, hey, don't worry. There's a child going to be born. You'll call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And, and he goes on to say, before that child's old enough to decide between right and wrong, he'll be, he says, he'll be, he'll be eating curds and honey. Um so I'm like, what's the big deal about curds and honey? But he's saying things will be well for you. You know, right now you don't have much because you're under siege. You can't harvest your crops. Your fields are, you know, destroyed, all this kind of stuff. There's nobody eating curds and honey. You know, no one's, no one's you know, I don't know what a modern equivalent of curds and honey would be. What's some rich, luxurious food that you enjoy? Um, maybe it's a Christmas treat, something this time of year. Any, anything that you really like to eat that's like, not super basic, like, I can't, I'd say mac and cheese, but that's too basic, can't I? you always get mac and cheese. Anybody got an idea of something you really like that might be hard to come by sometimes? Eggnog? I, I love eggnog, Stacy hates it, but I love it, yeah. Anybody else, anything that you really love that you're like? Nobody's got a Christmas treat that you love or a, a special dessert that you're like all on fire about? Are you serious? <laughs> Fruitcake. All right. Fruitcake seems like one of those that would like, <laughs> we're all common folk here. None of us are fancy. All right. Yeah, mac and cheese. That was my choice. Okay. Yeah. So I'm trying to think like, what would an equivalent be to curds and hate? But it's, he's saying like, hey, before this child is even old enough to like choose between right and wrong, your fortunes will have reversed. He says that these nations that are threatening you, they'll just be barren wastelands. He's, he's using this child to say God is with you and God is involved in your life. He sees your mess and he's going to intervene in the midst of it. It's not just like an empty presence of God, like, oh, don't worry, God sees you, he knows what you're going through, he's like cheering for you from the sky, you know, or something like that. No, he's right in the midst of your mess, and he's going to change your circumstances. That's what God's saying to his people through Isaiah. And it's going to come soon, you know, from the, however long it takes for a kid to be born till you decide they can, you know, figure out what's right and wrong and make, make some moral choices in that time frame, thing, your, your fortunes will be reversed, your situation will be changed. And Matthew picks up on that, uh, especially on that Emmanuel part of it, and says, man, in Jesus, our our circumstances are changing. God is entering into our mess, even into the midst of some messed up family situations. God is here in the midst of it to change things. I, I don't know. Uh, I mentioned that genealogy, that, that family line of Jesus that starts the thing off. I have a tendency, I don't know about you, but you know, the, we see those a few different places in the Bible, especially in parts of the Old Testament, and if you've ever tried reading through those parts of the Bible, if you're like me, you probably start kind of skimming at that point, right? Uh, especially if they lay it out for you in a nice, neat line, you can just know like, oh, okay, some guy had this kid, and some guy had this kid, and some guy had this kid, and you're just kind of, oh, okay, here the story starts up again, right? And we might be tempted to do that with Matthews. I don't, I don't have that in here for you. But if you look back at Matthews' little list of names, uh, there are moments that kind of break the flow where he mentions some women who are in the story. And uh, normally it's just dads and sons that get listed in these things. But there are four times along the way before you get to Mary at the end, four times that, that he mentions like, oh, whose mother was Rahab. Oh, whose mother was was Tamar. Oh, whose mother was Ruth. And mentions these women who are in the story. Oh, whose mother was Bathsheba, who had been Uriah's wife. Mentions these moments in the story that when you go back and look at the story, it's like highlighting the ways that sometimes the story gets messy. Sometimes this family has been a wee bit dysfunctional. And there, you could have done that at several other times. We're gonna, I'm excited for the new year because starting January 1st, in the new year, we're going to do one of these through the Bible things in a year. Not where you have to read every verse or every page. Uh, each month we're going to take a different book of the Bible. And we're going to encourage you this month. Like in January, we're going to read Genesis uh, together. And uh, we're going to preach some of the highlights of Genesis on the Sundays. And am going to be encouraging you during the month of January, read Genesis. You could read it several times if you want during that month you know, familiarize yourself with this story that begins the story of the Bible. And we're going to do that with uh, with 12 different books of the Bible, one each month until in December next year, this time we'll be wrapping up the book of Revelation, um, which will be all kinds of fun. So, but when we read through Genesis in January, man, we're going to see, oh, some of these families were dysfunctional. This is just not good. But these are people that God works with. These are people that... God works through to bring his son into the world at the right time, and God doesn't keep his distance from our messy family situations. He, he doesn't keep his distance uh, from us because he loves us. And so we see here in this story, God is uh, entering into a messy situation. This, this family almost isn't a family, right? Joseph's like, oh, hey, uh, if you're choosing somebody else instead of me, then that's fine. I'm, I care about you. I'm, I'm going to make this quiet so you're not harmed by it as much as possible but you know this isn't going to happen and it's God intervening who makes a family happen where where it was on track not to we see that in the rest of uh, the New Testament as well that this seems to be what God is about he is bringing people together into one family uh, into God's family into the people of God people who formerly hadn't seen themselves as any kind of related you know, because they were parts of all sorts of different nations, uh, worshipping different gods with different allegiances, and then God keeps calling people from every nation, every, every language, every tribe, every people group, keeps calling them together to be his people. Which is really odd for the kind of the OG people of God, the people of Israel, because they've been used to defining themselves as over against all these other nations. You know, God has chosen us. And uh, and, you know, we are the, the light of the world. And one day everyone's going to recognize this. Well, now that day is, is coming in Jesus. Now that day is happening where people from all different nations are, are coming to be, become part of the people of God. These, these Gentiles, these non-Jewish people, folks like us, right? And so one of the other scriptures given to us today is uh, from the beginning of Paul's letter to the Romans. And I just wanted to, to share with you this, this passage and some others from that letter. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, it says, this letter is from Paul a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. That's how he opens his letter to these folks living in Rome, living at the, at the heart of the empire, to these people where your allegiance was clear. You know, your allegiance is to the big guy, Caesar, who's in charge of Rome, right? He's the one with the military might. He's the one who has, who has brought peace to the world through military conquest. He's the one that everything, including religion, centers around. And he's writing to these people living in Rome, uh, perhaps the people farthest from from, uh, the God of Israel that you can imagine, and saying, "You, you are loved by God. You are called to be part of his holy people. May you experience his grace. May you experience his peace. This is a God who doesn't keep his distance from us. Out of love for us, he enters right into our mess. He is with us. A little bit later in that letter, Romans chapter 5, he writes, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Says God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. that's, That's made an impression on Paul. Like, he didn't wait for us to get our act together, to clean, up, to, to clean ourselves up, to finally become righteous on our own somehow. And then God says, ah, oh, good job. Now you're worthy to be one of my kids. No, while we were sinners, Christ came. God came to us and died for us. So he says, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. He says, previously we were God's enemies, and by the way that we lived our lives, by the ways that we, that we thought, in our thinking, in our actions, he says we were enemies of God. We had set ourselves up as our own little gods and said, you know, I don't, I don't care if there's some other God out there. I'm deciding what's right and wrong. I'm deciding what my life's going to look like. He says, it was while we were living that kind of selfish, sinful life that God loved us so much that he sent his son to us. God with us in the midst of our darkness, in the midst of our mess to take our sin and to even take our death so that he could conquer sin and death by his resurrection and set us free this is love it's a messy kind of love that yes, involves suffering yes, it involves pain but it's what love looks like it's what love does it's the love that God has shown us and then he invites us to share with each other uh a couple chapters later in Romans chapter eight, uh, Paul says to these folks who are in the midst of great difficulty, some things that I was just uh, having to share yesterday. Um, oh, and I realized we forgot, you know, on the back of your little notes here, there are some, uh, you know, besides the colorful little things saying, Hey, here's what's coming up. There's some, some people to be praying with and praying, praying for. And I realized we do not have Jason Thomas and his family listed there. Uh, we sent an email out a couple of days ago uh, to mention to Jason Thomas, our youth director here. His mother passed away suddenly this past week, unexpectedly. Um, she had a brain aneurysm and it blew, and they didn't, had no idea. You know, they they had plans and dreams, you know, 10, 15 years going into the future, and suddenly just gone. And uh, so her funeral was yesterday. And one of the scriptures that I shared there was was this one from Romans chapter 8. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I know that sometimes that does not, that doesn't feel like it's true. You know, when we're going through those kinds of things that he just lists there when we're going through trouble uh when we're when we find ourselves you know destitute when we find ourselves uh in pain in grief it can be easy for us to feel like we are separated from christ's love that somehow god's love is over there somewhere with all the happy people who are singing their christmas carols and putting up their christmas decorations and all that stuff and and here i am with whatever's going on right um and we got folks in our church and in our community experiencing the whole gamut, right? Um, people who are homeless, people who are in jail, people who have their family members who are not here now, you know, who you're going into Christmas without that person that you love, that you expected to have by your side, and they are gone. There are all sorts of messes that sometimes we make for ourselves, sometimes they're made by others, and we find ourselves in the midst of it. And in the middle of that, it can feel like, God, where are you? And maybe it felt like that to the the people that uh, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus showed up on the scene. It certainly feels like that to us today sometimes, doesn't it? But what Jesus reminds us of, the way he came, and the people to whom he came. You know, he came to the poor. He came to the marginalized. He came to... He didn't come to Rome. He didn't go to the, the seat of power. He didn't go to the place where all the, all the paparazzi were going to be watching and seeing what was happening and you know, publishing it in all the Roman newspapers or whatever. Uh, he comes to this you know, backwater corner of the empire over here to a people who'd been um, promised by God that he would do great things, who'd been promised by God that, that they would not be forgotten and that God would show up on the scene to turn things around. And, and sure enough, that's what God does in Jesus. He comes to them like he comes to us. Emmanuel, God with us. And again, it's not an empty, sentimental kind of a, oh, God is with us and we feel kind of warm and fuzzy. Oh man, it's, it's nice to feel those warm and fuzzies sometimes. You know, we, we can pray for that. I do pray for that, for people to be aware of God's presence with them. But when God is present with us, it changes things. It changes us, right? It changes the way we think about our circumstances, the way we relate to the people around us. It changes our lives. Sometimes even miraculously changes our circumstances. We find ourselves in, as we talked about earlier in the, in the little reading, being a part, invited to be a part of this community of love, part of this family where God's love is, is felt and shared. Where people know, hey, if I come here, I'm going to be loved no matter what I'm going through. You know, and so we have people who walk through our doors, who are experiencing homelessness, who are experiencing mental illness, who are going through all kinds of different things, experiencing grief, experiencing all sorts of stuff. And it can be messy sometimes. But we love them as, as we have been loved, as we, as we read earlier. I'm glad that that love is the the theme that we kind of close out uh, Advent with. This this whole week, the theme is love. And if you're reading your devotional guide uh, each each day, the theme is going to be love. Leading us right up into Christmas Eve and Christmas Day next Sunday. Because that's the heart of the good news. The heart of the gospel is God's love for you and for me. I, I hope that you have experienced this love. I hope that you have opened your heart and your life to this love. I hope that you have said yes to the God who loves you to to acknowledge your need of his grace. Just like this this is what happens for all of us, right? There's not a single one of us here who are just kind of born into this thing. Every single one of us, we we come to a place where we have to say, God, I I need you. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need to be forgiven by you. Every single one of us open ourselves up to receive that grace. To to be a part of this, this new creation that God is, is forming here in the world to be a part of this community of love to receive his love and be changed by it and, and to be able to extend this love to others it's the heart of the good news that we celebrate each and every week and especially at Christmas the last scripture I put there in your notes is, is perhaps the most famous verse in all of scripture from John chapter 3 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever Believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. This is the truth, the good news that we celebrate each and every Sunday the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. So that for all of us who, who trust in him, we, we find our lives changed. We find ourselves taken off that road leading to our perishing, to our destruction, and, and put onto this path that leads to life, filled with his Holy Spirit, surrounded by a community of love. Let's bow our heads and give thanks to him as we prepare to celebrate communion together before we go. God, we are so grateful for the love that you have shown us that, that doesn't, you don't keep your distance from us, God. You have entered right into the messy situations we find ourselves in. And God, we admit, sometimes the mess is just it's purely our fault. We we've made some choices that we shouldn't have made. We, we did some things we shouldn't have done, and we, we created some real messes for ourselves and for the people around us. Sometimes, God, we just get caught up in other people's messes, but still, uh, it's not good. <laughs> and you show up here. You show up right in the middle of the life that we're living because you love us too much to keep your distance. Thank you, God. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into our darkness, into our mess, into our brokenness, into our death. You did not keep your distance from us, but you, you became known as Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for shining your light into our darkness. Thank you for cleaning up the mess that we, we just were incapable of cleaning up on our own. Thank you for healing our brokenness. Thank you for the new life that you give to us. We are so grateful for your love. We are so grateful that when we find ourselves in the, in the middle of some very trying circumstances, like, like Joseph was here with this, this pickle he found himself in, that, that you give us the guidance that we need. God, there might be some of us today that I don't know if you can send us an angel, but maybe you can send us a word. Maybe you can send us a a, a fellow human being, one of your kids, to speak some words of encouragement to us. God, that we might hear your voice speaking through someone else, hearing that we are loved, hearing that you are at work in the midst of our mess, that right here in the middle of the circumstance that we feel like, man, this is, God is so distant. That instead, God, you can can speak to us and show us the ways that you are present. Show us the ways you are at work. Show us the ways that you are with us. Thank you, God, that when you are with us, life is different. Help us to open our lives up to you. God, there might be some of us here in this room or watching this online where we've been trying for a long time to clean up our act. We've been trying for a long time to get things right, and we just have been unable to do it. And today, God, we want to—we find ourselves reaching out to you, saying, Okay, God, if this is true, if you really are with me, if you really do love me, then I need you. God, help us to, to just confess to you those ways that we have, have failed, those ways that we have sinned. Confess to you, admit to you, God, that we have not loved you with all that we are. We've not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We come clean with you today, God. We admit to you that we have made a mess. And we need you to to clean it up for us. We need you to come and to, to heal us, to forgive us, to be gracious to us. Thank you, God. Thank you that there's not a single person who is hearing me pray to you right now. There's not a single person who's not loved by you. Every single one of us, God, your Holy Spirit is reaching out to us in love. We can receive your grace. We are the objects of your affection. Help us, God, to be open to your love and grace, open to the changes you want to make in our lives as we trust and follow you, open to your Holy Spirit changing us from the inside out because you love us. And you have shown that love in your Son, Jesus Christ. We celebrate this in this sacrament of Holy Communion. We offer to you these simple gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We remember the great sacrifice that was made on our behalf out of love for us. Jesus, you held nothing back, but went all the way to the cross. You gave your life for us so that you could give your life to us so that those of us who find ourselves, uh, frankly, just spiritually dead because of our sin, that we could receive life from you because you have conquered sin and death by your own death and resurrection. So help us to share in that overwhelming victory that we read about earlier to receive your love. Help us today by your Spirit's presence in our lives. Help us to be changed from the inside out that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, as this community of love, receiving love from you and sharing it with those around us. You are so good to us, God. We are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us Amen. Uh, Doug and Mary are going to come back up and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. I'll be, uh, oh, actually, it's not going to be me. I've asked Pastor Judy. Would you still, are you still willing to serve the, the stuff? All right. Uh, Pastor Judy's going to be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice, and eat it, and return to your seats. Uh, we've got some gluten free wafers and the little prepackaged ones, or we've got some of those at, at most of the tables if you uh, don't want to get so close to each other uh, as to join the procession. Uh, But this is open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today, who are grateful for his love, who are hungry for his grace. Let's celebrate the love he's shown us in Jesus Christ today. Thank you again, God, for not keeping your distance from us, for coming right to us in the midst of our mess so that we could experience your grace, your love, your life. Fill us with the spirit of Christ today, we pray, so that as we leave this place, we can be full of your love, ready to share it with everyone you send us to. We are so grateful, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.